0: These things I sometimes can't even explain, but it's in holding space for the part that's scared, the part that's coming up, the voice that says, this isn't okay. It's in that acceptance of that part that we heal.
1: Welcome to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. Look, if you believe that there's got to be more to life or you find yourself zagging when others are zigging, this podcast is most likely for you. We're not here to fix you because in our opinion, you're already perfect. We are here to help you remember who you truly are. That light inside of you that you thought you lost forever. I think you know the one I'm talking about, right? That one. We're brash and blunt and give it to you straight. You'll most likely love us and hate us at the same time. And for us, that's perfect. Because what we are here to do is open your heart and expand your mind so you can live your ultimate life. And if you're wanting more support at any time or just want to interact with Guy and I, find our personal development without the fluff group on Facebook and come hang out with us and other like-minded, amazing human beings. So if you're done with fantasizing about your life and you're ready to go start living it, welcome to our show. Now let's get started. All right, my friends. So today's iTunes review is short, simple, and to the point by Joel Smith, 214, who headlined it Amazing Podcast. He writes, life changing material, one of the best personal development, if not the best, I've listened to. Joel, thank you for the beautiful, kind words. Email me at elon at satoriprime.com and I will send you your personalized gift. And if you're listening and would leave us an honest review on iTunes. Uh, Once I read yours out loud, you can email me as well and receive this amazing gift. So again, thank you, Joel Smith 214. And now back to our show. All right, everyone, welcome back to another podcast, Personal Development Without the Fluff coming at you. And today, well, we'll just say it's going to be sexy. Um, You'll learn more in a second as to why that is. But before I jump into anything, I first just want to introduce our guest, Jaya. Welcome to the show.
0: Yay! It's my pleasure.
1: <laughs> so um, Jaya was introduced to me, and I'll let her share a little bit of her story of what she does. But I think this is kind of an interesting take. So I get these emails, and people say like, "Hey, you should interview so and so, and she's amazing." And I'm reading, and I'm going. I don't know how this is going to fly on our show. Like, I, I don't know what we're going to do together. And, um, and then we met and we spoke. We had just an awesome time. She's really, really special. And today we're really going to talk about sex, uh, a topic that, A, we haven't really spoken about other than maybe me saying some weird sexual innuendo jokes uh, on this podcast. But we're going to talk about it. And from a slightly different angle, which is how to heal certain traumas by using sex as a tool, I've probably shared this on the podcast before about where I learned from Osho about reaching enlightenment through tantric sex and things like that. So it's always been something in my world. And today we have a premier expert on the topic. So Jaya, I'm super excited to to delve deep into this with you. But before we do that, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and what lights you up? Without oh, getting sure. too kinky just yet, you know, like save <laughs> that later so we can keep them
0: <laughs> tease them a little bit, just yeah, a little, right. little just, seduction, little just, tease, just a little just play. suckle
1: the nipple for a second, you know, then we'll get a to the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, so I've been at this for over two decades, but it kind of I think it's actually been like lifetimes of <laughs> teaching sure. people about sexuality and and on many, many layers. So, I mean, I can talk about TV shows and books and all that kind of good stuff, but I think what's more interesting here is just the journey that we're all on, our own personal sexual journeys and what we're on as a culture. And that's what really, really interests me is the, the human journey from asleep, or not knowing much about sex or how sex can be utilized in our lives to full sexual awakening, to uncovering who we are in essence as sexual beings. And, and the inquiries that I have as a sexologist in the last two decades and throughout my lifetime about, well, what's possible with these instruments With these human bodies that we have, and what's possible when we go outside of the human body and start Mm -hmm. to explore in our sexuality, and and what is everything that is erotically possible. And I've always been this questioner. And so, out of these, these questionings and out of these looking not like at the human psyche from a standpoint of here are symptoms and let's fix it, but looking at it more like why are the symptoms presenting? Since we're talking on the subject of healing today why and and let's get to the root of that and why that and and so so in essence i've been like an erotic astronaut you know like an erotic (laughs) explorer or like let's just go deeper let's go further oh i think i've hit like the end all be all like orgasmic experience i could possibly have well oh my gosh there's more (laughs) and that's been been my story
1: (laughs) (laughs) i just i just had as soon as you said astronaut i just had this vision where you're like It's just one small sex for man, one giant (laughs) orgasm for mankind.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. So so before we get into the healing stuff, I'm curious, like, who do you work with on an ongoing basis? Why are people coming to you um, Mm -hmm. as an expert?
0: My passion is leaders. Uh, I, I tend to work with, and I used to live in Los Angeles, so I was working with a lot of Celebrities and leaders and entrepreneurs, people who are really interested in what's next. Mm. How can I use my sexuality in a way that is manifesting, like you mentioned, enlightenment or genius or manifestation? Or, you know, I, I have this, I have everything else in my life, but sex is the area where I just haven't quite gotten it yet. And so I tend to work with people who are explorers as well, but they've gotten everything else but haven't quite gotten that key yet into their own sexuality.
1: Cool. So one of the things that came to mind as soon as you said that was sex to me, or like people having sex to me is kind of like drivers. You know, there are no bad drivers kind of like that's the, the, the uh-huh. <laughs> mindset that people have like, Oh, I'm, I'm an amazing driver. Then you just, it's like them. pizza. Yeah. It's like, it's ridiculous. Um, so There's a level of authenticity that someone even needs to have to be like, you know what, maybe I'm not as good as I want to be or think that I am in that area, which I would feel like would be a tough thing for someone to just openly kind of come out and say, like, Mm. this is an area that I need help in.
0: Yeah, it depends on your blueprint, which I'm sure we're going to get to. Uh, so you're speaking, you're speaking your own blueprint, just <laughs> is it? <laughs> it? Which is, it's hardest for that particular blueprint I'm speaking. Uh, I'll tell everybody what they are, but there's five different ones. and And you're speaking from a blueprint that thinks... I know it all. They have confidence. They will put on their partner like, oh, well, all my other lovers said I was good. So uh, what's the problem with you? You know, like it, that is a typical thought process of that particular archetype or blueprint, as I call them. And so some people know that they don't know. You know, they have that. You know, we've heard those things before. Yeah. You you know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know and some people are very aware of that and they come with that of like I know there's got to be more and there's some people who say oh no I'm all I'm all good you know and I I know so much and all my lovers have been pleased I will tell any of you who have those thoughts that 76% they've had surveys 76% of women have faked their pleasure yeah and so you may think, and and what's so interesting about sexuality is that it's like human consciousness. We've only hit the tip of the iceberg, you know, right. and the majority of us are still so veiled when it comes to what is possible. We don't even know what is humanly possible. When I start talking about some of these archetypes, you guys are going to see because I'm talking about the orgasmic superpowers and what's possible for each one of them you'll be like, what? I never heard of that kind of orgasm or what? I always thought that orgasm was this. We have such limited knowledge and research and information that has been available to us. The majority of us are clouded in programming and cultural conditioning around our sexuality so much so that we are not awake to what is even possible here.
1: Yeah, I I mean, just growing up, I think we all receive programs right from our environment so what we saw our parents speak about sex be open to etc friends growing up for sexual experiences things like that Mm -hmm. that all kind of creates this quote-unquote box I, i mean i'm curious from your perspective though it feels like in general i mean from like what i'm thinking you know 50 60 years ago 1950s where it was like housewife you know that that whole world Mm -hmm. to where we are today where seinfeld which is a show that i grew up and loved like they never said the word sex they they innuendoed and alluded to it so like as a kid i didn't even know now i watch back i'm like wow that was like they're clearly talking about sex (laughs) where now i'm like 8 p.m sitcoms they're blatantly talking about sex is there a shift starting to happen and, and people are just waking up to it more is that that the experience you have
0: yeah it feels like we are starting to have some movements happening you know we have a, a number of movements happening where there's new awareness awareness around gender awareness yeah. around you know we have the me too movement we have we have a conversation starting that's awakening people, but we still, I, I still feel like we're in the dark age. You know, we just oh, yeah. got the clitoris. We just got the clitoris back in anatomy books. I mean, like like it, it was taken out of, an, it was in anatomy books and then it was taken out of anatomy books and only the reproductive organs were allowed in the anatomy books. And then we got part of the clitoris back, so the external part of the clitoris back in the anatomy textbooks. And now we're starting to talk about the internal aspects of the clitoris. So even medically, we do not even have medically accurate information that's been Passed along, so the the conversation. I still, you know, just just knowing we're yes, we're starting this conversation, but this conversation still feels like it's in the dark ages. Like what? Like why are we still having these conversations? Why? Why? Like for me, who's been
1: yeah, ah, so I'm yes, I'm,
0: we are growing. We are on our. I, I, you know, if we look at the hero's journey, we can look at it archetypally. We are in that journey. Like we've we've stepped out of this one place and we we've started on the journey because we realized wait a minute our world was not what we think it is or yeah. we, we started having that and we're we're now on the path i don't know what the final dragons will be to we get to our sexual essence as a culture but us individually are also having that journey sexually
1: so you i love this so you know like when when someone asks me because we're obviously in the personal development space, working also with leaders and like waking people up. And, and that's kind of the mission and the impact. So if someone were to ask me, hey, you know, what's the world look like when this kind of work is, is in the world? Like th- this is how human being lives. I would kind of have an idea of what I see that world. I'm curious from your perspective, have you ever mm-hmm. thought like, what is that magical mythical place, quote unquote, that you would <laughs> love sexuality to be at when all was said and done? Cause you're like prehistoric age. I'm like, I wonder what, like what, what it gets to look like on the other <laughs> side of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if we go, I love Stan Groff's work. I've been re- reading a lot of him lately, and and just talking about the holotropic state. You know, when we start to get into these different states of consciousness, we can start to look at well, well, who are we as sexual beings? And of course, I, me being the explorer that I am, I love to go into these kinds of states. And sex, sex can take you into a holotropic state. You know, yes. breathing, breath work, orgasm is a moment of oneness. You know, we have these yeah. these awakenings that can happen through sexuality when you utilized in a in a particular way not all the time i mean there are people who have spontaneous events during sex where they have spontaneous awakenings or some people call them kundalini awakenings yeah. that can happen so you know if i envision a world where people are have taken this journey and they've gotten into the essence of who they are as uh, sexual beings we have to look at it in multiple layers the human layer and then going into the holotropic, you know, world and looking at those layers. I mean there's there's the ultimate layer which is oneness. Mm. It is, you know, the ultimate we've merged energetically and we are one with everything in the universe I mean, i have had those experiences where I'm in orgasm and suddenly I am the sheets and I am the ceiling and I am you know the window and I am every I become the the sunlight that was in the oranges from the drink that I had mm. that kind of transcendental experience of of oneness unity and I am everything I am all I'm creator of of it all so there's that kind of experience that I could like if we're really like going yeah. there, we're going yeah, there. I love it. Um and then there's the experience of uh, I, I have had people experience like I am a goddess or mm-hmm. I am a warrior or I am the king, I am the queen. We go into the archetypal level of experiencing, you know, I've had like experiences where I am an orgasm angel, you know, <laughs> like when I'm looking <laughs> at my purpose and I'm sprinkling orgasm <laughs> all over the planet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get you everybody gets an orgasm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. <laughs> and then and then we get more into the the human level, and we have experiences like deep, unconditional love or heart openings, or mm. we we have an ability to not have shame presence, where we are we are okay and ex- completely accepting of all the parts of our sexuality, including the shadow parts, yes. you know we have the light parts and the shadow parts. And all of that being welcome into who we are as erotic beings and understanding that, oh my gosh, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for this thing called sex. Sex is the thing to celebrate. Sex is this beautiful thing. And of course, if I had my, wave my magic wand, the dark shadow of sex would have an outlet because I don't necessarily believe we can get rid of shadow. I think we could evolve, I, at least right now where we're at. That shadow of sexuality has a has a healthful outlet to explore and experience and, and play. And we don't have things any longer that are in our culture like rape or the brutality of violence against someone who's different from us sexually. You know, we're starting to see a, a world where that's evolving and in our consciousness.
1: Wow. So yeah. beautifully said. That that last part really hit home. Um so let's play off of that with the shadows mm-hmm. and I know you mm-hmm. the the sexual astronaut is such a great you <laughs> to go with that. Um, so you know on your exploration I know that you've not only for yourself but for people that you work with have actually helped heal people Uh, through sex, like, like like you said, you know, someone can have sex and just have a massive awakening or a massive release and a purge of something that, you know, could be related, unrelated, et cetera. So I'd love to start going in that direction. And I know you had what you called an awakening uh, Mm -hmm. fairly recently through, through your work. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about that and start going there.
0: Sure. Uh, so who, where to begin? Uh I'll start with just sharing some client and, and I, I want to frame it with, I don't necessarily think I'm the one doing the healing, you know, the, the, and, and, and part of my journey has been healer, heal myself. You know, when I experience something, I'm looking for, okay, well how, like when, with the birth of my son, just on a physical layer, you know, my pelvic floor was completely ripped to shreds. And how do I heal the scar tissue? I grew big keloidal, you know, those big purple keloidal scars. So just ah, that was wow. not a happy and so for anybody out there who has a partner who's had a child, a lot of times people are looking for scar tissue and how that affects the nervous system, how that affects pleasure and the birth of our children being being a trauma that also re-traumatizes us from our own birth trauma. Yeah. And and so we 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 see that as an inciting event to a lot of sexual struggles that a lot of couples have or a lot of people experience because it resurfaces trauma or it creates scar tissue. So something like that, where then I end up doing two years of research, working with women, helping them heal scar tissue. A lot of it comes out of my own, my own healing and my own trauma that then just, it's like helping a body. It's literally like touching a body and going okay, body, remember. Yeah. And then the body does it. Yes. The body oh. does it. The psyche does it. The, the person there does it. And me, Jaya, I, I don't know. You know, as I let identity go more and more, I, it's not me doing it. It's yep. something else doing it. So um, I, I feel it's written in that person's way. story.
1: You know, I hear. I feel the same exact way. I, I, I've become more attuned to the fact that... Um, all we're doing is, is creating a vessel and a space, a container that when we show up in other people's lives, like they get to see themselves in a way. Yes. And th- that, th- I, that's not the way I looked at it before. Like when I first started in personal development and coaching, I was definitely like the hero mentality. I'm going to fix the world type of thing. I think as I've deepened my practice, I just get that that's not, it's just not my space to be in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really love that you said that. I just think you've done enough work and had enough experiences where you can hold a container for someone to show up and Mm -hmm. be seen and feel safe. And then they get to work through that stuff. But especially with sex, it's one of those things that's so intimate and so private for people that they don't really ever get that container of safe space to do those things. And so to have someone out there that does it just, uh, I mean, it's a gift.
0: One of the, the things that happened in my awakening was this phrase, "No matter what we do, they won't wake up."
1: Mm-hmm. And, it,
0: and I saw all the entrepreneurial leaders in, at this like, in, at this, and I was just seeing us speaking to audiences and speaking, "No matter what we do, they won't wake up." And in this, I had the revelation that it wasn't about what I do, it was about what I'm being and what I'm really. reflecting. Totally. And, and so I love that you see the same thing, you know, and, and it's funny, my whole life, part of my story has been people telling me about their sex lives. I mean, no matter where I go, I can be, you know, I'm getting ready to be on TV for a, a, an interview or something like CNN or something like that. And the makeup artist inevitably will be like, you know, I have two vaginas or I have, you know the, the, <laughs> but you know, I just hear all of these stories. Like people just feel comfortable because of, who I'm being, where I'm not in a state of, I'm not going to judge them. Anybody mm-hmm. could tell me anything. And, I, and I'm not, I'm just going to be in a place of love, of unconditional love for people. And that is what heals. Yes. And, and so when people come to me and they, and they share, I mean, I have heard the most horrific stories, mm-hmm. everything from mutilation, rape, gang experiences, torture. I mean, this is the stuff that comes up on my table. And so just content warning, anybody who has triggers by trauma, I'm talking about these things. So just know that this is in the space. Um, And birth traumas, uh, drug addiction, overdose, suicide. I mean, this is the stuff that is coming. Even though I work in the field of sexuality, it's all linked. And so their parental Traumas, their birth traumas, past. Like, I don't even know if I believe in past lives. What I believe more is that it's uh, in the genetic material, like, it is traveled through DNA, these memories. And I have women who've been burned at the stake, persecuted, you know, murdered. This stuff that comes up on the table when I'm working with people and then how that transforms someone's life or like the weird synchronicities that start to happen outside of this space where you know, somebody will just be on the table and all of a sudden they'll look at me and say, I am. Wow. And, and I didn't have access completely to this kind of stuff until I had access, you know, yes. when I had access, yes. my clients had access to it. So this, this experience that's happening and then, and then they go back into their life and their parents call them up and say, I'm finally going to accept you for who you are as a sexual being or you know, how can I support you or these things happen and I get chills all over my body or the pain that they had. I, I had a client recently had pain in their body chronically for their whole life and then we went into it, remembered the trauma, held space for that part of them that was still stuck back there. In that spot, still young, still stuck, and accepted and loved on that part, and help that part remember. And when that happened, they, they reported to me, you know, the pain is gone. This is frequent. This yeah. happens frequently. And so, with sex, if you have pain, if you have like, I don't understand why I'm so resistant to that, or I, you know, I don't have libido, I don't know what's going on, or it happens suddenly for you. These these things I sometimes can't even explain but it's in holding space for the part that's scared, the part that's coming up, the voice that says, this isn't okay. It's in that acceptance of that part that we heal. Totally. Um, So I can talk about this ad nauseum.
1: (laughs) No, I love it. It's so interesting to me to hear this. And this is really why I was so excited to have you on because when we spoke the first time, I was like, oh my God, we do parallel work just in two different worlds. Like your access point is different, but we do the same parts work, we do the same holding space, we do the same like acceptance of all of these parts. It's just, I know that sex is such a massive trigger for people. And it it's a really great place to bring people into because it brings up so much stuff about self-worth, body issues, like all the things that hold people back. And I mean all their lives not just in sexual realm like in every other realm you can get access to there where like they're raw and vulnerable i said something on the on a training we did the other day where i said vulnerability is like being naked in front of a a room of people and someone blurted out even scarier than that like that that's people's perception and sex Mm -hmm. what sex is the most vulnerable, vulnerable ever thing that you're going <laughs> to yeah. do, right? So it's, it's just yeah. so perfect how it brings all that stuff out.
0: And I want to say here too, one of the things that they would, when I, I studied Tantra when I was very young, I got into it when I was like 19 years old. And one of the things they taught us is, enlightenment or awakening, because I know you're, you're speaking, like human potential is hidden in our shadows. It is in the place where we are most least likely to look. Yep. And so this idea of if, you know, when I work with like a, a leader who's like, you know, I've looked everywhere else, but I didn't want to look at my sexuality. Hmm. You know, I was like, it's the last frontier. It's the That's last place I was going to look. And now I'm looking and I'm seeing, oh, this is where I hid who I am. This mm. is where I hid my biggest light. This is where I hid my biggest potential was in my sexuality because it was the deepest place that I wasn't going to look.
1: Mm. So let's, let's investigate that because I, I find this really, really fascinating. So, and mm-hmm. this is so cool because I get to learn, which these are my favorite shows. You know, when you're working with someone and someone comes to you and it's like, look, I know that there's something hidden from me. Like the, I don't know that I don't know. And I know mm-hmm. that it's in, you know, this world, for example. What's that process like? Like how does someone go and work with you to get to that kind of like end goal of finding Mm -hmm. it?
0: Mm -hmm. Of who who am I as an erotic essence? Yeah. Yeah. From that identity that I've been given, the program I've been given, and then where I've hidden everything or Mm -hmm. made shadow, how do I get then to that essence? Uh, we start with blueprints. That's the foundation of it all. Um, who are you? Starts with who are you on the physical level? How are you aroused? How are you turned on? Would you like me to go through those five so sure, everybody yeah, can? I start think it'd be great. Sure. Yeah, sure. So the, the first one is energetics, and the energetics are people who are turned on by anticipation, tease, space, yearning, and longing. And so, energetic superpowers, I, talk, I promised I would talk about orgasmic superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. Do it. Do um, or the, the energetic superpowers are that they can orgasm without even being touched. So, they can orgasm. I was talking about like sunlight in the oranges, like they can go into these transcendental states easily. Hmm. where like sunlight is orgasmic. The wind is orgasmic. The They could just think about a moment in their past and that could send them into orgasm. So
1: easily I'll take, easily through, I'll take two of those, please. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> uh, you know, if, we, if we look at multiple dimensions, they can also go like, I wasn't in my body at all during sex, but I was out in the void and I was having orgasmic experience. Mm. So this this kind of access to these states of consciousness they have this ability to do in their shadow side they're hierarchical they're judgy and we all know the person who's like my chakras are more enlightened than yours because i'm up here and you are in your base chakra and you watch porn um you know i don't eat meat you know the, those kind the hierarchy i know because i used to be one I to be like I watch tv i don't eat meat you know this is bad, wrong, and except for the transcendental, you know that is all the only thing that's okay, right? That's funny. Let's let's meditate our way to orgasm. <laughs> so, so uh, the the other shadow is that they sh- they short circuit really quickly because they're hypersensitive. Mm. If you go much too much, too quick, too fast, they're just like short circuit, shut down. They also sometimes don't know their boundaries because they are otherworldly. It's like where do I begin? Where do you, they enmesh or don't know how to say no or stop or slow down in their erotic exploration. So that's an energetic. The sensual is someone who's turned on by all of their senses being ignited. So, I mean, energetic, you know, I'm talking out of here, but like sensual is like, "Mm, yum. Oh, they moan. They, the the taste, the sounds, the music, the, the right environment, all of that is the turn on. In their superpowers, they can have non genital orgasms. So, behind the knee or full bodied orgasm. And when I talk about the superpowers, I don't want anybody to feel wrong. I know all of us overachievers, we can sometimes feel like, well, I'm not having that. Uh, <laughs> Um, you're none of you are broken. It's just, again, that you haven't been educated. You haven't been told some of this is possible. You haven't had direct experience. All of this right now is concept, but when you have direct embodied experience of it, it becomes a deep knowing in you like, Oh yeah. Wow. I can't believe I never had this full bodied orgasm. It's just nobody ever told you it was even possible or that you were a sensual or an energetic. So the, the sensual shadow is getting stuck up in your head. So you're thinking about that call you need to make or the socks that are on the floor, or the pillow or the, the music isn't quite right or the breath isn't right or, oh my God, I, how many times have I told them X, Y, Z and they're still not doing that thing that I told them I really liked. Mm. It's that, it, that kind of head spin that happens or being caught in the thoughts. Tony Robbins says, get in your head and you're dead. Uh, I, I loved when he said that. So that, yeah. that just really resonated with the, with the sensual, they get in their head and forget turn on. It Mm. it goes down the drain. They can't feel what's happening in between their legs anymore because they're they're caught up here. So, and there's more shadows to a lot of these. I'm just going to give you cliff notes. Sexual. The sexual is turned on by what we think of as sexual in our world. So nudity, penetration, orgasm, loving sex. They bring the joy. So superpower is like, sex is awesome. Like What do you guys, what's the trip? Come on, like, let's do it. Uh, Sex for them is something that helps them relax. Everything feels right in the world. A sexual feels loved and appreciated and seen when sex is happening. It's like food era water. Whereas other blueprints are like, yeah, cool. We could have intercourse or we could, you know, sexuals need sex. Yeah. So, and superpowers are arousal can happen easily. Like zero to 60, they could have a thought or they could have, you know, like, like just the right thing, the right. And it's just like, uh, game is on. I'm ready. I used to say to my partner, chop, chop, come on. Because I couldn't understand, you know, I was primarily sexual with him. And uh, I'd say, come on, chop, chop. Like, let's just let's go.
1: <laughs> She's like, <laughs> uh, it's like I'm Whoa. in my head.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I, I need some, I need a toggle. I need some, I need a hot bath before we can have sex. Um so so you can see, I mean, this was a big pain point, point for me. This is part of my healing journey as well. This blueprints came out of my pain. I initiate sex. I touch his genitals, sexual. I touch his genitals. I say, let's have sex tonight in a less nice way. <laughs> 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 and uh, I love the F word. Um, and so- do.
1: You, by and way, so, uh, on the way, we on this ca- We
0: can say it right away. Okay, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I say, do you want to fuck? And he'd be like, I'm tired. And, and he like, he just- and I was like, what is wrong with this person, right? The oh, sexual yeah. thinking, I talked about the shadow, is something must be wrong with other people if they're not wanting to have sex all the time. Like what is wrong with these yeah. people? And and a limited definition of sex as intercourse. So that, yes. that also ties oh, in, you God. know, like there's this whole world out there and we're limited. And I just couldn't understand, especially because I was projecting onto my, my partner, and he's a guy, like guys are sexual. And our research has shown that is so not true. And he's primarily this next blueprint, which is the kinky blueprint. And that's something that somebody who's turned on by taboo and there's two different kinds. One is psychological. It's much more what the power dynamic, the gameplay. And there are people who are more sensation-based. My partner's both. So he likes to be tied up and be restricted in the feeling and the sensation of I can't move. But then the psychology of... I can't move. Therefore I'm exposed and I'm vulnerable. And that is the turn on, you know, I'm, I'm surrendering. I have to surrender. Mm -hmm. I have no choice, but to surrender to whatever you want to do to me. And so that play, of course, with consent, and there's a lot of conversations around all of that. Once we start playing in that realm, that play is the turn on superpowers similar to an energetic. They can go into these transcendental states of consciousness. There's something called subspace. There's dom space. And there are also, there's an ability I found deep healing here in this this space when I explored it. And superpowers are endless creativity. I mean, the the things you can do in the realm of kink, I'll be exploring for the rest of my life as, yeah. as the erotic astronaut. <laughs> and forever, I never have explored everything there is to explore. Shadow side is deep shame. Why am I like this? I can't tell you how many times he would say to me, my partner's name's Ian, he would say to me, why am I like this? Why does this turn me on? Something yeah. must be wrong with me. Um... And we explored a lot of that. And so finally, somebody said, a coach said, stop asking why and just enjoy it. (laughs) That really changed everything. So this shame about who they are, the judgment of who they are, um, also getting stuck or fixated on one particular turn on. It only becomes a problem if it's an issue. Same with all these shadows. But the, the turn on of this particular thing, like let's say for instance with Ian with the ropes... What if he had a partner who wasn't, wasn't me and wasn't okay with that, or he was dating and how do I explain that? And, and he just kept fixating on it, which is interesting in Ian's story because here I was a sexologist. It wasn't until six years into our relationship that I learned and he was doing it by himself. So there, that can be a danger, right? Tying yourself up by yourself yeah. in California where we have earthquakes. Um, you know, How do you get out of that if there's an emergency and nobody knows? And And so that hiding or shame or fixation that then becomes your only route to turn on. Mm. If his ropes had become his only route to turn on, then we wouldn't have been able to have, and, and he was hiding, that wouldn't have been able to have like this erotic exploration with anything outside of that that can be a shadow.
1: Hi there, my friend. I just wanted to take a quick minute here in case some of you skip these intros on the shows and let you know about our amazing community that's changing people's lives all over the world. It's called The Collective. And if you're thinking, I don't know if this is worth my investment, I thought I'd share just what some of our members have been saying. Take a listen to these reviews. Something about being around you and Guy is magic. I grow more when I'm a part of your tribe. The conversations around love have changed me more than I'm sure I'm even aware of. I ask for answers, and half the time, I don't even know what I'm asking for, and then always the perfect thing shows up. I've never felt so free. Another writes, growing stronger and more independent every day, full of self-belief, living in the now, and I am love. I do feel free because I've released what was, surrendered to what is, and I'm excited as to what will be. And lastly... One of the best decisions I've made in a long time was the one I made roughly two weeks ago to begin meditating and connecting with Elon and Guy Ferdman of Satori Prime in their collective. So, if you'd like this podcast and this form of education, I am sure that you will absolutely love the collective. And the best part is, we're offering a 14 day free trial for you to just come and check it out. You really have nothing to lose. Once the trial is done, check this out. Your investment is just $9 a month. I mean, that's less than one of those fancy cups of coffee or a glass of wine or beer. So if you head over to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and invest in yourself, or are you not worth the $9 investment? Look, you can lock this price in right now before we realize it's way too low and crazy and change our minds and bump it up. Again, head over to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and lock your price in at just $9 a month. We look forward to seeing you on our next collective training. Now on with the show.
0: The final one, so there's five total, yeah. is the shapeshifter. And The shapeshifter is someone who's turned on by all of these. So it's someone who can speak multiple languages. They also get the superpowers of all of these. And sometimes they can get the shadows of all of these. But the the typical shapeshifter shadow is I'm too much. I want too much. I need too much. I've been told I'm too much in my eroticism. And therefore I'm in a shapeshift to please everybody else because I can. If I'm with a sensual partner, I'll become sensual. If I'm with a sexual, I'll become a sexual. But then that leaves a whole bunch of them not fulfilled erotically. Mm. If I had my druthers, everyone in the world becomes a shapeshifter um, because they have the ability to speak. Every single language. Our blueprint shows us where we're limited. Not, it shows us who we are in this moment. It gives us a picture of who we are in this moment. Maybe how our shadows have shaped our identity as an erotic being but you can expand into new territory. So you can change your blueprint as you learn to expand your sexuality, as you learn to expand who you are erotically and understand more about that. And so that's the original question, which was, okay, how do you do this? It starts with who am I right now and knowing yourself right now as an erotic being. So people can go take the quiz. We'll have that for free, any listeners. So it's eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Satori. You guys will probably put that in the show notes and all that good stuff. Um, go and take the quiz because it'll give you percentages of each blueprint and show you. So here was Ian and I, right? I'm rolling over to one side. He's rolling over to the other side of the bed and we're not connecting. He would cuddle with me and I wouldn't get the hint that that was like initiation of sex. He's like, oh God, we're cuddling again, right? He's, he's, he's initiating in the sensual, which is just secondary. So he was like 30 some percent kinky, 30 some percent sensual. Sexual was zero. I was 42% sexual, energetic next. Energetic was right above his sexual, and zero kinky in my blueprint map. So we both, as long as you have a willingness to expand and awaken to new pieces, and this is all, I'm talking all on human story level. I start on that human level, this level, and then we start to move into other states. And so that awakening starts with, this level, then we're going to go to the parts and we're going to start to go to the subconscious mind. What's happening in the subconscious mind? What are the parts of you that say, this isn't okay? Do those parts belong to you? Or are they the voice of your mother, <laughs> the voice of someone else or something else that's in there? And how can we hear those parts and hear their concerns and their considerations? And then we start to play with who are you as an erotic persona. And that's the next level. So the next level of those personas, I had seven different personas I developed over the course of all of this work. One was an ice queen; she had total disgust. You know, like nobody wanted to play with her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She sounds Ian and I. Ian and I had some really interesting things edges. I mean, edge play in the kink realm was where she, you know, she wanted to play because. People were not; they were just objects to her, and, and she was the emotion of sexual disgust, erotic disgust mm. that I was exploring. A lot of times, these parts that we might want to reclaim or play with are the parts we disowned. I had a, I had one that was all about money, and and sexual exchange. Right, so this is sh- the shadow work that I was doing: yeah. disgust, money, and and you could pay her anything. Like if Ian said, "I'll give you gold earrings." then I would be like, I'll have sex any time of the day. So she's kind of like had the prostitute archetype a little bit of, but it reclaimed opulence, wealth, my shame about money and all of that coming in. My most recent one, her name was Puddles and she was about reclaiming sexual delight, like the joy of sexuality, the delight in sexuality. And I had a major healing with that where i realized that there was a moment i was being photographed because i photograph each one of these personas i was being photographed by a photographer who really understood this work and she she's, she gave me a gift of glitter at the end of the day and i lit up like a christmas tree and she was like oh my gosh that lighting up makes me just want to give you everything and i was so bad at receiving in my life like i couldn't accept yeah. gifts i couldn't and 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 because i was still in the persona and i had this whole image of being such a, a little girl or I just wanted my dad to buy me a balloon at the fair or a funnel cake or like some, like some symbol as a little girl that I, I was his little girl, you know, that, that, and and I just burst into tears at this image because it it was an, an experience I'd never had. Wow! So Ian took puddles out to the fair and we had funnel cakes and we rode the Ferris wheel into something Jaya would never do because God forbid we eat gluten and sugar, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it was so amazing to reclaim these parts and then integrate the parts into who, who am I? And we can keep going up the layers, you know, keep going up archetypal layers and, and then all the way to that source of, I am as an erotic being, I am orgasm. Mm. Everything is orgasm. I'll tell another little quick story in this, just kind of as we've been, as I've been processing this. So my new exploration has been, can everything be orgasm? Can everything be orgasmic? Every sensation that I experience, because there's a story layered on this, on this sensation, right? One of the things I hate more than anything is throwing up is the worst feeling for me. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it and I'll do anything to not throw up. Like I'll hold it, I'll sweat, I'll yep. like, you know, the, the yep. mouth watering. Yep. I'll burp, I'll do anything not to. Moan. <laughs> Moan uh. lay on the bed, oh. yep. And So I had the sensation come, start coming. I was like, okay, this is gonna happen. And I started going. Okay, I'm going to detach the story that this is bad or a bad feeling or a whatever from this sensation that I'm experiencing, and see if I can just feel the amazing sensations that are there. And I started feeling all the sensations: the heat and the the mouth water, the the like different sensations. And then next thing I know, you know, I'm on the floor hugging the toilet. I had the door closed, and someone's like, "Are you okay in there?" And I'm cracking up. I'm heaving, and I'm just like i'm orgasmic i'm laughing it was like orga it was like orgasm if i could separate and just experience what was happening the sensations without any label it was a completely de- and i knew in that moment i was like something shifted dramatically inside of me that i could then take anything and create an orgasmic experience out of anything so mm-hmm. And, and I could share some backstory around that, but I'll let you. <laughs> tell I, I, love, I've been I
1: love No, 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 I love it. It was those so beautiful. You, uh, you hit the nail on the head with this uh, puking thing. I, I went to Columbia. So was, it, was it, two years ago, three years ago, maybe now. Um, and I knew we were going to do five plant medicine journeys, and I knew that that's like you know part of the experience, right? Like. Mm-hmm. And I was like you, I hated puking. I'd done ceremonies before and every time I like sat there and I was like doing everything in my power, <laughs> not to purge. Breathing heavy, lying down, moaning, rubbing, like doing everything. And eventually I would purge and afterward I'd feel fantastic, but like the whole buildup was, and I was like, look, if I'm gonna do multiple ceremonies, I gotta get past this. Cause like, I'm not gonna be there so uncomfortable all this time. So we get off the plane and I end up getting invited to go do Combo. Have you ever, you know, Combo? So Combo is a frog medicine that they basically like, whatever, they put little dots on your skin and then put the medicine in there. And it makes you like it's instant purge. So I get off this plane to Columbia before we even go do any of the, the other medicine work. I get off the plane and I do this. And so my whole intention with going in was like, I'm done with having this fear about puking and all this stuff. So within the first whatever X hours that I was in the country, I purge. We get to the jungle. I walk in and they're like, okay, we need you guys to clear your system. So we made you this drink and it's just like whatever ancient potato, something or other, and you drink it. And within like 10 to 30 minutes, whatever you purge again. So literally within a span of like a few hours, (laughs) <laughs> I first twice. And by the second time I had the same experience, I'm literally hand on tree. Cause I know it's coming, right? I drink this thing. I know it's coming. So I just hand on tree. There are chickens running around like all around me. And I, as I'm doing, it, I'm cracking up cause I get that my intention has come full, like full swing before I even drank the actual medicine <laughs> that I came to drink. I was just cracking up and it was the same kind of release. I was like, I've also tied, cause mostly when we puke, it's when you're sick, you know, like mm-hmm. either they're really sick, uh, you have food poisoning, alcohol poisoning, all events where in that time you're like, you're depleted, you're weak, it's a horrible sensation. Whereas here, like my intention was pure. Like what I was doing was pure. It was, it felt healing and cathartic and like beautiful. And afterwards, I was a champ. I was like, every time I'd purge, I was like, "Oh, I got this. <laughs> just go." I'd like find my spot, and I'd be like, "Get out of me! Get out of me!" <laughs> oh, that's great. So
0: uh, tell, tell, yes. tell
1: me the background of your story, and because
0: yeah, so it. so a little bit of background. Let's see, where do I start? Because it's a, it's a, it could be long. So I'll just give you cliff notes of it. So I was diagnosed with something called CPTSD. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which essentially means, so I went to Dr. Daniel Amen. This is where I had this. uh, And they scanned my brain and uh, did all this amazing work with me. Because I I hit a point where I'd had it all. I had my dream, you know, my business has hit my dream level, my dream clients, my dream relationship, my Mm. son, my house, like... I had it all of what I wanted and I was depressed yep. and I didn't understand because my whole life I'd would st- i been striving, 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 you yep. know, to have it all. And I got there and I was just like, well, this sucks.
1: <laughs> I, call it, I call it the the checking the last box syndrome. It's, it's <laughs> legit. Yeah.
0: And so I went to Dr. Daniel Amen because I couldn't understand what was going on. And they gave me this diagnosis of CPTSD, which was this, it means basically that when you were a child, you had life threatened, threatened on a daily basis. So it wasn't like PTSD where, you know, you have an event like a car crash or an airplane crash, or you're in a war and you see something horrific. It was like, da- it's daily. Wow. And so my childhood growing up was, was daily threat. And I, I remember sitting at the end of the driveway. This is something that came up in, in my session work, which I'll talk about here in a bit where we would sit at the end of the driveway and my mom would say, we don't know today. Like it might be the day, you know, like it's, we yeah, don't know. So we, yeah. we don't know if he's going to kill us. We don't know what he's going to be like. We don't know. So go to your, go to the basement, go to your rooms, go you know, like this was the talk at the end of the driveway almost every day in the, in the memory. And my mom confirmed she would sit us at the end of the driveway. And give us this talk, mm. and we we lived in a safe house for a while after you know, um, after a bit you know he tried to kill my mom. I mean it was just like we went through a lot. You guys get the wow. picture. So, and I and I kind of giggle about it when I share it because it's such a deep, intense. So these giggles come out. So it seems kind of incongruous sometimes when I'm sharing the story, and especially now that I've had this healing, it, it seems like funny. It, so it's weird to tell it. Yeah. Um, again. So, so I didn't know what to do because I had gone to several people and they said, well, you could take medicine for the rest of your life, or you could, it was just like dark night of the soul and things in my life just started getting worse. And like my partner and I, who'd had this epic relationship, we started having issues all of a sudden. And, and my ice queen was like driving my life, the one that was discussed. And it, it was just like, I, I lost to myself completely in like this dark night, dark shadow, dark, every fear coming true. You know, I'm going to lose everything that I built and all of this. So I pretty much hit rock bottom and said, all right, something's got to change. So like I got to find a healing for these symptoms. I, I couldn't sleep. Uh, and this is super embarrassing total fecal incontinence. I'm a sex goddess and I have fecal incontinence, you know, like, I, cause, cause the trauma trigger was so deep in me and I didn't realize how triggered I was and that, and toxic relationships in my life that were triggering it and all of the stuff that was happening. I couldn't eat. I was having nightmares every night of being murdered, like really intense time. Wow. This is last year. And, um, in the meantime, I have like, also like these great things. So like great sex and great orgasms and continual exploration of that. So I prayed and I was just like, what the, something's got to happen. And someone told me about MDMA and MAPS work and how MAPS was doing work with PTSD and soldiers. Yeah. And, and, and I met someone who said, you know, I have CPTSD and it's gone. And I went, really? Cause it's untreatable. Like my form or whatever I had was untreatable. I could, whatever, but ah, like tell me everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I, just another picture of how hard this was for me. I am a purist. Like I won't eat sugar. I won't do like like, war on drugs. You know, like this is your brain on drugs, the egg cracking, you know, like that is. That that was real. Right? Like I'm going to kill my brain if I like do anything like this. But I had hit such a dark night. Mm. and needed to heal this trauma and and I read enough research that I was like all right I'm doing it Good
1: for you. so I
0: went in and ended up my first session was unbelievable like mm. all my, my symptoms were gone the next day not one symptom I was able to eat anything I mean this is the person who had lactose intolerance gluten allergy like blah like could it do makes
1: total sense yeah couldn't
0: eat I had such bowel problems and digestive problems. And like, I'm like French fries, gluten, like dairy, like give me sugar. And no, I no nightmares, sleeping through the night. Like it was like a miracle happened. My partner and I, our relationship healed like within three days, we were like, love, 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 you know. The toxic relationships all went away. Like it was like magic, magic in my life. Uh, Absolute miracle. By the fourth session, that I did this was over a period of like three or four months and we mixed a little bit of psilocybin into my mix I experienced something that was just I remember looking at the sitter the person who's sitting for me and just going fuck fuck I answered the fucking question like this is my like I just fucking woke up and (sighs) I believe that everybody is awake. Like I don't think that everybody, that part of us that is awake is awake in there. And and I haven't shared this story with anybody. So you, this is the first I time. I'm it. Sharing this, this is amazing. If I, if I as I bumble through but, it. But
1: by, by the way, this you know, is what happens with me. You know how people like share sexual stories with you? This uh,
0: is the thing. Uh, <laughs> So you get you get the awakening yeah, stories, I, right? I love
1: this. <laughs>
0: um and. And, you know, I've been reading a lot of Stan Groff to try to make sense of it and the integration of it all. But the, the cosmic game is essentially what I saw in this awakening. I was shown, you know, here's who you are, really who you are. Here's what I created. Here's the game that you, cre- you I created that we're all playing as human hu- humanity. And, and this message of no matter what you do, they won't wake up because it's the game of the entire... Consciousness is playing this game of forgetting and remembering. And I was just like, um, and it healed. I mean, it healed anything that was, because re- then it became an existential crisis, right? Of like, okay, all this stuff happened in my childhood. How could any god, how could any goddess, any archi- whatever, allow that to happen to all these little girls? Mm. Allow rape in our world, allow evil in our world. How? That's the question I went in wanting to answer out of this, because I was in existential crisis at this point in the healing and this was what came was this vision of the cosmic game being shown to me and then for three hours i repeated the same phrase i don't have any memory after after i was shown this no memory they put me on a table they were like working with me and i just kept doing the same motion and repeating the same thing of no matter what we do they won't wake up Mm. i answered the fucking question fuck I just kept doing it over and over wow, for three exactly. hours. I don't want to forget this. I don't want to forget this. That's what was happening. I, I didn't, and, and they were looking at me and talking to me, but I, I was not there. Mm-hmm. i my, in my psyche, I was still way out in this experience of, I was trying to really hold on to that experience. Wow. Yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing that. That was, wow. That's amazing. By the way, it makes total sense that you had all the food allergies and all that stuff because all the like fear and anxiety and worry is all stomach. So like anyone that has stomach issues ongoingly, it's some trauma around fear, anxiety, worry, concern, things like that. So that makes total sense. Wow. I'm, you know, I just, I want to say this because this is what's coming through, but um, I'm sorry that you had to go through what you had to go through as a little girl and i'm sorry that there's grown up people that do horrible things to little people and i'm sorry that you have to go through that and i'm so happy that you've made it to this chapter having gone through that because there are so many people that just hearing that story, your story, gives them hope Mm. that it's possible and and that's huge and however you got there irrelevant like the fact that you're here having that conversation gorgeous
0: yes thank you thank thank you i feel that deeply deeply yeah and and i believe that that the suffering and the all of that leads to the transcendence like there's something in that that for me and there's there's some theories I don't know if you're familiar with DMT much but yep. there's some theories that DMT is utilized in children who have a lot of trauma they're utilizing they're utilizing what's already in their body to dissociate yeah and survive and that there's an ability to have access to these holotropic worlds and I I I truly believe that everything that I went through Allowed me access to the the you know the ability to hold space for people and mm. have them go into holotropic spaces themselves and experience the the healing that they do because of those things that I experienced not to spiritually bypass because yes fuck, that sucked you
1: know
0: yes <laughs> you know and it's a yes and
1: yeah I love that you said that because I think. Look, I mean, the movements shifted in the personal development space. I think when it first started, it really was about tools to spiritually bypass. It was like, let's just use a whole bunch of positive thinking and make ourselves feel good. And uh, look, I did that for a long time. It's it, it works. So. <laughs> yeah, it works. I, I'm not I'm not knocking it. It's just that's not healing work. That's putting shit like like whipped cream on shit pie and being like look at my pie it's not though because the inside that part that you were talking about those parts are still in tremendous amount of pain and it's like if your child is screaming at the top of their lungs like I'm dying. Help me. And you're like, here, put on this party hat. You'll be good. Like you should be happy. It's like, I'm fucking not happy. (laughs) You're not listening and I'm not fucking happy. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I love that, that you, you come at this from there. I I can honestly have a conversation with you now for like the next six hours. (laughs) <laughs> and i could go in so many different directions yes um uh, i know i know we're like wrapping up here so I'm like, I'm like how do we put a bow on this i don't i don't even know <laughs> um okay so, so maybe have you back I, I don't know but let's do this um i know you have something really cool that you're launching um that I think people should definitely check out. So why don't you tell them what it is that you're launching and how they can find out and we'll, we'll drop all the links and all that stuff.
0: Sure. So the Erotic Blueprints, we have a course on the Erotic Blueprints and it's an eight week course. When you find out your blueprint, you'll want to learn how to feed, speak, heal and expand that blueprint. Never. and so that 's really what the course dives into is how do we then work with our blueprints once we know what that is as a bonus to the course this time around this is january thirty first of two thousand and nineteen we will we 're offering also the persona course, so I spoke about the erotic personas and those parts that we 've been talking about that need to be heard and reclaimed, and what are the empowered parts and the enlightened parts that is also part of the work that we'd be, we'd be doing in this round of this course.
1: Yeah. And it, it was eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Satori, right? Correct. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So we'll have all those uh, links in the show notes. Uh, Jai, if anybody wants to reach out to you or find out more about you, is there anywhere that they can do that as well?
0: Sure. Jaya.love. J-A-I-Y-A.love. And I'm also on Facebook. I haven't been posting too much because it's it's been hard for me to, to post now since this whole thing. Because I'm like, well, what, how do I even talk about anything?
1: You know? Interesting. Like,
0: I'm in this Interesting. Place. I'm not posting quite as much as I used to, but I am on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Jaya. And Jaya is J-A-I-Y-A. That's how you spell it.
1: Awesome. It's funny that you say that. Uh, When I did one of my plant medicine journeys, I had the same thing. I was left with like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what is it all for? It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And... I've since shifted. So that was like, like a few years. And then hopefully this offers something to you as you're going through this. Yes. I think the message that you got, like you can't do anything for these people and you can be a beacon of light. Right. So like, whereas most people are like, let me find the ones that I need to work with. And they're like, you know, it's like a a flashlight in a dark room. And they're like, are you, are you my person? Are you my person? And, and then all the messaging is always like from that place, like I'm trying to make you do something or find. Ooh. So then I got this message. I was like, look, energy is energy, right? And, and energy frequencies attract certain energy frequencies always, always will be. That's just how the universal law works. Right? So it's like at the end of the day, global consciousness And what we intend to do is create cosmic ripples in that global consciousness in our minuscule lifetime that we're here. (laughs) So, the way I kind of see it is like, you know, if you shoot up a beacon of light, and the way I kind of saw it was this like big, giant rainbow light out into the sky where moths to a flame, right? Like, stop looking, stop going from this place of this. And it's like your journey matters because it's your journey. And as you, Unlock these things on a global conscious level. You've now given access to people to have that. And mm-hmm. it's less about sharing, like, do this or do that. And it's more like, hey, I'm going to sit here and be. And if you want to sit here and be along with us, <laughs> you get to do that. And that's awesome. And if you don't, that's cool too. And I feel like once I've made that shift, I'm like, look, I love, just like you, I love the internal journey. My brother and I call ourselves like psychonauts, you know, Uh like you're a sexonaut, so we're a psychonaut. (laughs) And I will, I'll do that till the day I die. Like my last breath will still be dedicated to that. And I know that that impacts people. So Mm -hmm. if I get to leave this world and a whole of a lot of people were living a better life because of conversations that we got to have like this, to me, that's, that's everything. And yep. so it's just shifted that. Does that, does that mm-hmm. make it like, does that make sense?
0: I, I love that. I think that's where it's moving towards, you know, that beingness, that beacon, that, and not getting tripped up and that's the identity now, you yes. know, like that, totally. that can be a trap in itself. Of totally. right? like, okay, Now this is the identity that I've got to uphold or the image or whatever. And so totally. just resting that's my yes. biggest message is just, just rest.
1: Totally. <laughs> just I, you rest. know, so here's my experience of you and hopefully this gives you some sort of uh feedback that you're i mean you're a light like there's no question about it um the way you approach life the way you're inquisitive and curious you're just this light that's like out there exploring and i have to tell you i didn't get a sense there are people that i interview where there's like an agenda behind what it is and who they are. Like, like the identity is strong, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I know they have the best of intentions. There's no judgment around that. It's just like, I know everything they did was to get this goal. You've completed that chapter in your life. Like you, you're like, I did all this. That didn't work. Boom. <laughs> you just threw it out. And now there's like a purity in the way that you shared and, and what you shared and how vulnerable it is. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get any of that like identity agenda sense from you. It really was mm-hmm. just like light, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel energized and lit up. So um, mm-hmm. I always have that. So yeah, it was it was beautiful and, and truly, truly. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for seeing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thank You're you. Doing. Thank you. Thank you. So for everyone, please go check it out. We'll have all the links in the show notes. And if you have any questions specifically for Jaya, go find her on social media and we'll see you on the next podcast. Have an amazing one, guys. Hey, hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you to go lock in your $9 per month for life offer to join our collective. Like I said, you can even try it for free for the next 14 days. I promise if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love what we're sharing inside of the collective. Again, just head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and you can lock that price in. These are the same tools that we share with our personal one-on-one clients. And those guys pay us tens of thousands of dollars to work with us. You can have them for just 9 dollars a month again satoriprime.com forward slash the collective and as always we'd love to hear your honest reviews of our show so if you head to itunes and leave us a review right now you could actually be next week's lucky winner and lastly if you do want to connect with guy and i Head to Facebook right now. Join our personal development without the fluff private group. Ask for permission. There's a ton of amazing exclusive content there as well. And you get to communicate and interact with Guy and I on an ongoing basis. So as always, thank you for your trust, your loyalty, and your listening. We do not take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you next time.